Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. The curse of perfectionism and then some cures and the benefits to the cures. Now, in many areas of your life, being an entrepreneur, being a parent, you know, having good self-worth in your own confidence, perfectionism is actually a curse and it's probably really ruining your progress and how you feel about yourself. First things first, though, I want to differentiate. Uh, I fly helicopters, and when you do the startup checks and you get the helicopter off the ground, you cannot be anything other than perfect. If you get one of those startup things in the wrong order, you're likely to crash and die. If you're a, a doctor, oh, don't worry about getting perfect, give me the knife. Let's start slashing here, yeah, woohoo! Obviously, disaster. So, some areas of life, a very professional, um, strategic, specific role, Perfectionism is really important, and actually, you should strive for that. Park that aside, because most people who follow me are entrepreneurs looking for part-time income, people who want to improve their life in various different areas. And in this world, perfectionism is often a curse, because if you wait to get perfect before you start, you never start. Also, perfectionism is often a fear, a fear of failure, a fear of looking stupid in front of everyone, a fear of getting critiqued and uh, trolled and getting haters, a fear, you know, a fear of shame, all of these kind of things, you know, a a fear of uh, loss of money, a fear of a huge amount of customer service, a fear of reputational damage, all of these things. Now, I help a lot of people get over this fear, um, and I think I'm a good example of that because I think if we're honest about how I am and how I help you, I am not perfect. You know, my I, things flow out of my mouth. Sometimes they hit the spot and they're good. Sometimes I just go on these random rambles. Someone actually gave me some strong feedback about me making a joke about me having Tourette's. Um, and she said that was sort of pretty unsensitive to people who've got Tourette's. Now, I was actually having a, a bit of a pop at myself. Um, but I can see where she had a good point. But, you know, if I don't stick this camera on and if I don't stick this podcast audio on and get my message out there, I never get my message out there. So the cost of perfectionism is never getting your work out there, never get your messaging message out there, never getting to grow, never getting to become better, never, you know, self-actualizing and becoming the person you want to be, never growing your business. Um, and you know what? I remember listening to a podcast of a very famous lady. Um, She was an ex-model. She's got a huge amount of followers on social media. She was one of the biggest Vine influencers, you know, that six-second video platform. And she, you know, I think she had eight million followers on Vine. And she said, you know what, if I put work out there and they don't like it, yeah, you know, it hurts, but I can always delete it tomorrow. And I thought that's really good advice. And of course, you know, the analogy of that, I can always delete it tomorrow. You know, tomorrow, do they remember my bad posts? She said, well, actually, no, they remember my best posts. Now, of course, people like Gerald Ratner, they're going to get remembered for their one bad thing. But here's the thing with Gerald Ratner. Uh, Gerald Ratner is now feasting off that one failed speech 
um, and he has been doing for decades. Uh, he's done 3,000 speeches on that one speech, earning thousands of pounds of speech on that one speech. So, you know, like there are these gifts of imperfection. Now, also, if you're an influencer or, you're, you know, you have customers, clients, you want to build a brand, no one will warm to you if they feel like you're, you're perfect or you're trying to come across as perfect. People like the vulnerability. People like the imperfections. People like the mistakes, the, the feeling close to you. And I had all these fears about doing live feeds. You know, I have this slight redness in my face that you can see here. I'm, I'm quite paranoid about that. My beard looks extra ginger in the video. See the few gray hairs there. I've got all these fears and phobias. I know I've got a loose mouth, um, you know, and sometimes that brings out some of my best work and sometimes that puts me in hot water. Um, we definitely shouldn't meet, have me on primetime TV anytime soon. But, uh, but beneath that, really, um, overcoming this fear um, or this need to be perfection perfectionist is actually letting go of control. You know, it's, it's accepting more the outcome rather than trying to force an outcome. It's letting other people manage your processes. You know, like I have companies that send out a lot of emails every week uh, and I don't write those emails anymore. My copywriters and my team and people who've learned to write like me or like the old me write those um, emails. And sometimes, you know, I get all that feedback. That all comes back to me. Um, but I think, you know what, no matter what I do, there'll be a downside. So what's the downside that I want? Well, the downside that I want are the problems that come with me feeling like I'm self-actualizing, you know, I'm growing as a person. You know, I want to be uh, successful in business and in my personal brand and, you know, with my books and podcasts and everything else. So if that means I have to get imperfect work out there, which, by the way, you can get perfect next time and next time and next time, I'll take those downsides. So I think you've got to be clear what downsides you're prepared to take. And also the cost, the opportunity cost of being a perfectionist. Now, some people hold on to being a perfectionist like it's a really great trait. Now, that's fine. Remember, if you fly aeroplanes and you've got passengers, you need to follow your checklist perfectly. If you're a watchmaker, you need to strive for perfection. But here's the thing. You can always do a version two, a version three, a version four. Um, you know, Odomar's Piguet just celebrated, I think, their 40th anniversary of their Royal Oak. Um, and Patek Philippe have just released the 40th anniversary of their Nautilus. They were both designed by Gerald Genta. Um, and, you know, the first version... If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. ...of those watches 40 years ago are not as technical, are not as beautiful as the versions are now. And they've probably had... 50 or 60 iterations of the Royal Oak or the Nautilus concept. So, um, you know, I know that some of my earlier podcasts, when I listen to them now, I'm like, oh, you know, I wasn't a very good interviewer. I used to interrupt people. But better have a good guest to interview and make a few mistakes than have no guest because I'm trying to be perfect. Um, so why would you feel like you need to be perfect? 
Well, I think it's probably a lack of confidence. I think it's a fear of things going wrong, feeling shamed, feeling like you're going to get rejected, etc. Um, and so often it's that that you've got to overcome to put your work out there. Um, I have a, someone who I mentor for his podcast. Um, he's in my Studio Pro package. And he says he's been recording, redoing, recording, redoing, recording, redoing, recording and redoing his um, podcast. And I'm going to have a call with him on Friday and talk him through that. But basically, he shouldn't, he's not the judge of if it's any good. Um, you know, the judge of if your work is any good is the people who buy your work, your customers, your followers, your fans. Um, and so sometimes you have to do work that you don't necessarily love, but if it serves your customers and clients and they love it and your followers love it, let them own it, let go. Because sometimes some of the work I do that I really think is good work, it, it, it doesn't really get loved by the world. Uh, and then sometimes I think a, a rant where I was maybe a bit loose or flippant or inelegant um, or I didn't research as well as some of the other work I've done and then the world loves it a lot more. I'm like, well, huh? Um, so if I do the work I think is right, and I'm talking to, about you in this case, of course, you do the work that you think is right, that you believe in, let the world judge it. Let them tell you if it's great. Then embrace feedback. So often as well, people want to be perfect because they don't want to be critiqued because they want everything to be perfect because they want to be loved and admired. Um, and so they, they have this defensive um, mind, mindset, mentality, um, you know, this awe of defensiveness. Therefore, they don't take feedback. Therefore, they, they don't get their work out there. But if they did, they wouldn't improve it. But really, the best thing to do is get work out quick. Obviously, you've got to make sure it's good and it's safe and it's regulated and all the other things you might need to do in your niche. Don't, you know, don't be flippant. Don't be loose. But, you know, get it out in the shortest possible time that you know you can. Take feedback from customers, clients, followers, fans, and then improve the second iteration. So I'll give you an example of this. Um, we launched our online academy, or relaunched. It's been going since 2010, and we've relaunched it about four times um, for my, one of my company's progressive property. And it's called the Progressive Property Pass. And it's basically you get a pass to an online portal. Um, it's a bit like the Netflix of property investing online. Um, and we've been spending months redeveloping it. Months and months and months and months and months. And to be honest, we weren't ready to launch it fully. So, but I said to the team, if you don't launch it, you'll never launch it. So kind of... Encouraged, pushed, forced uh, them to launch it. We launched it. It wasn't perfect, but it is good. Um, and then um, some things broke. So, for example, there was an issue with taking payments from PayPal. Um, and then PayPal rebuilt everyone twice instead of once. And so we had a lot of complaints. Um, and, you know, like, if you're going to be honest, would you rather something rebuild twice or none? You know, from a business point of view, you'd rather, you know, I'm not saying that I, might, I want that for my customers, but, you know, that's a problem, but it's a, hopefully a good problem. So we had a load of admin. Um, and, you know, yeah, a couple of the systems broke. And then we went in there and the search function didn't work as well as it could. But here's the thing. I was very clear that this was version one, that this was a test launch. As such, I'm, I'm, I mentioned that. And also I gave a discounted price. So, you know, like if it was, if it was going to be like £20 a month, uh, we gave it for 7 99 a month. And I said, look, this is version one. I want to get it out there. Please give us feedback. If you give us feedback, I'll give you a free month. We're looking to get a, a great version two out there. And if you, you know, you use your Apple phone or you uh, watch, you know, you have iTunes or Netflix or whatever, you know, they're like probably now version 10 or iOS 12.621. Constant updates because perfection is unattainable. So if you wait to get perfect before you get stuff out there, you're never there. And so I don't think it's that admirable on quality. I think it's admirable that you want to help people. Admiral, admirable. I think it's admirable that you want to put good work out there. I think it's admirable that, you know, you don't want things not to work and you don't want to fail. 
But, but, but I think that, as Cheryl has just mentioned on this live video, perfection can prevent so many opportunities. And, and by the way, here's another thing. And many successful companies, if you study them, Coca-Cola, Bentley, Virgin, just you know, for some examples, many, 3M, another one, what their first product, or even their second or third product, was not their big flyer, their goer. You know, Virgin was obviously a you know, records business in the early days. Uh, Bentley was just aircraft engines. Coca-Cola was medicine. And, and they pivoted and changed and took feedback and worked out, actually, we've got customers in X, but they're, they're all saying they want Y. Um, and so being able to dance and to pivot and to react to the world and to, you know, uh, to feedback ends up, you, you end up creating something that's actually better than what you originally planned. Uh, and if you're trying to get perfect, you can never do that. You can never dance, you know, with the opportunities and the changes in the market. And of course, there are a lot of people who have, you know, just like, like Carillion is one example and Toys R Us is another example. I'm not criticising them. I don't know the ins and outs. Uh, I certainly wouldn't troll them. I wish them the best. But of course, those businesses have gone into administration probably because they didn't, they weren't able to pivot quickly enough with the changing market. Uh, and, you know, and compete with Amazon and you know, embrace online, you know, and, and whatever else that's happening in the world. And, you know, when you're trying to get everything so perfect, you can't do that. If you write a book, for example, you can always edit it for your next version. You can self-publish. You can print 100 books. People can come back going, oh, there are spelling mistakes and this isn't right and that isn't right. You go, thanks a lot. You can have a free second book that I'm going to make right. And then you tweak this, this the second version and then you get that out to there to the world. So, you know, the power now in success, in progress, in growth is, is, is various iterations to get to your final products and service rather than trying to get perfect. Um, also, perfectionism is often over control. So I've had staff that I've hired um, that have said to me in interviews that they're a perfectionist, like it's a good thing. And in the, in the early days, I used to think, yeah, that's a good thing. They're a perfectionist. They'll make everything good. Um, and, and, and do you know what? They, they, they just can't take our fast-moving, dynamic environment. They can't take change. They can't take it when they have a to-do list and everything isn't ticked off the list. And if there's one thing left off the list and I come in and go, oh, let's add one into the list there. <laughs> Flip out. And they never last more than a year in our company. Um, you know, I remember being at university and I was a bit of a perfectionist. I used to line up all my shirts in colour-coded order. And I used to line up all my Jeffrey West shoes. Uh, no one ever saw them because I couldn't ever pull. But, you know, they were there. And my mates used to come in and move the shirt uh, like a millimetre and kick one of the shoes off. Kev, if you're watching, you used to troll me like that. And um, it used to absolutely drive me insane. So, you know, when you get so stuck in perfectionism, you, you, then it's becoming a bit more of a serious issue. Now, I don't want to open my mouth and say things that I shouldn't. Um, but, you know, you want to look at what, you know, what are you not letting go of? What, you know, why do you desire and need all of this control? Because you know what the best control you can have is letting go of all control. You know, the, the, the Buddhist paradoxes, if you like. Like to gain control, give up control. The only way you can grow a company is by making yourself redundant and having staff that do your work. So to gain control, growth, you have to give control to your staff and your customers. You know, you can't get your kids to do what you want them to do. When you tell them what to do, they resist. The only way to gain control of your kids is to let go of some control, let them play, let them experiment, let them find their own way. You know, show rather than tell, lead rather than, you know, uh, enforce. Um, and, and this is a, a paradox that, that we're all dealing with. I think something that really helps with this uh, is not taking yourself too seriously. And I can, I, I can call back to a few things that have happened in my life, you know, maybe one, of my, one or two of my worst public speeches, or um, you know, some, maybe when I have, I've, 
um, misconstrued an email from someone and taken it personally or in a joint venture where I've not seen their point of view. Um, I've probably just taken myself a bit too seriously and, you know, oh, I'm supposed to be a successful businessman and I've got to get this right and I can't let them do this to me and that to me and say this and get away the way with this and my reputation's everything to me and really important and what people think of me as my brand. You know, all these things. And sometimes, you know, we just go, does it really matter? Does it? You know, yeah, sure, defend your position when you need to. If you need to get lawyers involved, get lawyers involved. You know, if you need to um, protect your brand, protect your brand. But you know what? Um, sometimes just not taking yourself too seriously, letting things go, letting other people win, having fun, taking the mickey out of yourself, turning something into, you know, a bit of a joke when it was getting a bit awkward. Sometimes that's a great gift for you. And people, people really respect and admire you when they can see that you can deal with these situations and let go of control you know, and not be forced and not be stressed and not be controlling. No one works for you. Everyone works for themselves. If you try and control your staff, your outsourcers, your customers, you try and mute them, you know, you try and force them to be a certain way, then you have no business, you have no growth. And, you know, that's often seeing the downsides, uh, sorry, seeing the upsides in the downsides that you're seeing. You know, if I have various staff members who have, I feel are a little bit disengaged, or if I have clients that are maybe publicly giving us feedback and it's starting to get a little bit, you know, unfair or inaccurate, you know, looking at the downs, uh, looking at the upsides going, actually, what can I learn from them? You know, what's the gift in this conversation? Um, you know, do I need to really just go in and defend my position? Now, Jenny on the video has just mentioned that this is a confidence thing. I think, yeah, for sure. You know, like it does take... Um, Self-worth, I guess, you know, like, because actually often perfectionism is low self-worth. Um, and so if you have a, a higher self-worth and you value yourself, you love yourself, you've got to forgive yourself for the mistakes you've made and not hold on to those. Oh, I can't get it wrong this time because I got it wrong last time. Or that person screwed me over. You've got to forgive other people and let that go. So a lot of this perfectionism and letting go of perfectionism is letting go of um, the things that you haven't forgiven yourself for, letting go for the things that you perceive other people have done you wrong and the people that hold power over you. When you let that all go, um, and letting that all go is, is in part to do with you feeling enough, good enough and worth, feeling full rather than empty. Um, and Martin, Malcolm's also just made a good point in the video. Where do you go after perfection? You don't. You can't. That's it. You never get there. And if, if you're striving to be perfect when you could never get to perfect, that is, like, that is like the definition of insanity. Like they say, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. So, yeah, it is a confidence thing. But it's like confidence doesn't have to be learned. It is innate within you. You just have to honour your strengths and your greatness and your uniqueness, not in an arrogant way, not in a narcissistic way, but say, you know what, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I can forgive those people for the way I perceive that they wronged me because I'm good enough. I can forgive myself for what happened before because I'm good enough. I'm not, to be, not, meant, not meant to be any more or any less than who I am, and who I am is worthy. I'm worthy of success uh, and all the things that I want. And when you know you're, you feel worthy within yourself, you don't need it externally. And therefore, you don't need to get defensive and you don't need over control. Um, OK, wow, we did all of that with no notes. So that was quite a cyclical conversation. Thanks for getting involved, by the way, um, in, on, on the online video, because I think you really added to some discussion there. So thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in. Um, embrace the gifts of imperfection. Um, Justine's asked, are there any books I recommend on self-worth? Um, Brene Brown's done a lot on imperfection, so I definitely would look at her work. Um, and vulnerability. So I would certainly look at that. I think there's a book called The Gift of Imperfection. I'm pretty sure I've listened to that. So go and check that out if you can find that. Um, and also, uh, if you're listening and watching, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, Money. It's a brand new launch. It's still number two in all podcasts. Fern Cotton's Happy is number one. Fern, if you're listening, please.
please, just let me have number one place, just for an hour. That would do. Maybe we should be in each other's podcasts. Um, so, uh, yeah, make sure you've subscribed to that podcast. It's a brand new podcast, How to Make, Manage and Master Money, How to Know More, Make More, Give More, Knowing the Story of the Psychology, the History, um, the economic side, the savings, the investing, the speculating, the insuring, the diversifying, what the stuff they didn't teach you in school, all that stuff around money. I've got great interviews. I've got, just done an interview a couple of days ago with someone who sold his company for 22, 222 million pounds, tattooed 222 on his backside. Got a great story about how that all happened. Uh, so yeah, make sure you subscribe to The Money Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk it. Anything.